Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. I haven't accomplished anything alone, but I was fortunate to be part of a revived feminist movement. I think uh, anyone who's not a feminist is is an insane person. This was not just a lewd conversation. This wasn't just locker room banter. This was a powerful individual speaking freely and openly about sexually predatory behavior. At a time when we have self-driving cars and computers that sit on your wrist, women still make only 79 cents for every dollar a man makes. And if I have to listen to one more gray-faced man with a $2 haircut explain to me what rape is, I'm gonna lose my mind. And now, Resistor Sisters. Sister Sisters here, and this is the 18th podcast. Yes, that's right. We're legal. Them Susan in Cleveland (laughs) and Heidi in Minneapolis. How does it feel to be of legal voting age? Because that's what you were looking forward to at 18, right? Voting? Well, among other things, yeah. Yeah, 18, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, voting was the top five. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Rain, in Washington, D.C.? Was that the number one thing you were excited about when you were 18, voting? Um, actually, yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm a nerd. I was also excited to not be jailbait anymore, even though I was still a virgin. There you go. Oh, <laughs> true, true confessions, and so was I. But I was pretending I wasn't, so. But anyway, I was excited about voting at 18 and that's i don't know I, it always reminds me of like um well the the people that were three years older than me could drink at 18 like my brother was three years older than me so he could drink at 18 yeah. and i couldn't so that's that's what happened in my that was that group. whole grandfather exactly he was grandfathered yes. in to drink beer and they made beer that tasted like wine called white mountain coolers back then oh so, i remember um yeah i remembered uh i can't remember the other one but there yeah wine another, coolers there was other Do wine find- coolers made with beer that they would sell I, but they oh. stopped selling those ev- as soon as we all turned 21 nobody cared wine wine coolers are so vile oh my god oh they are they gave me such about- a headache if oh my god, beer flavored wine coolers. Yeah, I'm they're more they're more disgusting champ- when they're beer flavored wine coolers. They're just like oh, just, yeah. champagne ladies. Hmm? Champagne. Yeah. Oh god. You Horrible. don't remember White Mountain oh. Coolers? No, oh, I remember oh. Champagne. I remember both of those because they were was, so horrible. It was regular Champagne and then there was pink Champagne. Mm. Yes, there were even commercials. Remember Zima? Zima. I love. Yeah, that was horrible. I wasn't that. (laughs) But do you find it kind of funny that we're talking about turning eighteen and being able to drink? Yeah, it's so. So so here, I I I was grandfathered in because they changed it to twenty-one after. But I went to work at a radio station in South Dakota when I was 19, and the bitches had it at 21, 
And I was not grandfathered in in that state. I was so pissed off. Oh. But I get so, the point of trying to make his grandfather. That is so patriarchal. Well, yeah. and here's it the is. other issue. <laughs> I wasn't a big drinker, but in South Dakota, at least at the time, I couldn't go into a bar after a certain time if I was underage. <laughs> and so I wasn't a big drinker. I mean, I... I just not a big drinker at all. So that that was the worst part about it is I couldn't go anywhere. You know, it's South, it was South Spearfish, South, South, Dakota. South Dakota. So hmm. yeah, so there wasn't exactly you know I either could go to a hoedown or sit in a field, and neither one of those appealed to me. So, <laughs> uh, That's another uh, inappropriate phrase: a hoedown. A hoedown. <laughs> I think I actually mean because. A hole. Heidi had to go to a hoedown because she got grandfathered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, in actuality, this hoe is more of a uh, hoe-your-garden kind of hoe. I thought so, stuff. too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah, just random thought about the hoedown. But, yeah, um, yeah, there was a lot of gingham. There was a lot of chintz. It was just not a good time. Hmm. <laughs> I want to see Heidi in a hoedown outfit. I did know how to square dance for like 10 minutes. I'm going I'm to be honest. It's okay. Gosh. We were required to learn it in gym in high school. Really? I, I, I had to yes. learn how to waltz and how to shoddish of all bizarre shit. I think shot-ish. the reason why we had to learn, we had to learn it in high school is so you know, there's there's girls' gym and boys' gym. Oh, for fuck's sakes! Okay, <laughs> it was, and we had we had the the thing that separated the gym, and I do believe to this day, looking back, that it was a way to get the boys and the girls to interact with each other as semi adults. Sure, I, I I think that that was the purpose <laughs> behind it. Square dancing in the eighties. Uh, so are you are you trying to say? Are you trying to say like hook up? Is that no, what you're trying to no. say? Okay. No, that's what Interact. they did. That's what they used. That's what they used to do in the apple orchards. <laughs> you grew up in a completely different place in the world than I did. That's for sure. I'm telling you, it was. I the school I went to was probably about 10, 15 years behind the times. And it, but it I was do. I think that's why. New York, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an odd. I mean, I was a cheerleader, and we still wore saddle shoes to cheerlead. Aww. Oh my god! <laughs> Not kidding. When mm-hmm. I became uh. captain of the squad, we changed it to red and white Nikes. Oh, better. You were, you were a tennis, cheerleader, the captain of the one. squad. <laughs> yes, I was. Well, what? Wow! Are you getting to know you? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know you were a cheerleader. But I didn't know you were a captain, Rain. I was a cheerleader. You were a captain. Yeah, oh my god! I I had no idea. I I will admit, I was a pom pom girl, which is frightening, by the way. Oh my god! You guys were both cheerleaders. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I do want to say, in my defense. It's a very small school. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> that's not my mother. My mother had a graduating class of ten and she was like, I was a cheerleader. I'm like, Mom, I've got a graduating class of three hundred. 
there's a little more 50. competition. I had 50. Yeah. I, they begged you to do that 52. shit. Yeah. But I, yeah, I graduated with 52. We turned, we turned our cheerleading squad into a social movement. Oh. Because, because, you know, you would get, you know, you could get sports awards for volleyball, girls volleyball, boys volleyball, sport, you know, softball. But you couldn't get sports awards for cheerleading. And so we really, really tried to have cheerleading sure. turned into a sport. Good. Because it was like, look, we're doing tumbles, splits. I got somebody jumping on my back and cheering to Joan Rip, uh, Joan Jets. I love rock and roll. Wow. Oh, nice. So nice. we really, we did try to turn it into a social movement because, you know, cheerleading. Mm-hmm. It's hard work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. We didn't succeed, but we tried. So we turned that into a feminist movement. Ooh. Okay. From 1983 <laughs> to 85. All right. You get a little, <laughs> a little applause and laughs there. <laughs> wow. I never knew this about you. We're just learning nope. so much about each other all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. So I, did, I wanted to throw this out here um, before it gets too far in. Um, I have had um, some people message me that listen, like my cousin Curtis was listening to the oh, movie nice. once. Yeah, he's nice down south of here. So he, he kind of uh, tagged me on Facebook when we were live the other Friday. And it, I was like, wow, look at you listening in. So that's cool. Do you guys have any friends that listen that we want to call out? I have a few, out? yeah. Yeah, well, feel, feel free to mention their names. They might get excited if you want. My sister my sister listens when she can. Nice. She's been, she's been trying to get the podcast thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's the one that's not really political, but she's, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking her. I'm breaking yeah. her like a wild pony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. My sister's not political uh, either. She's just like. I like to drink. I'm like, okay. <laughs> ah! I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a teacher. There's nothing wrong with drinking. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oh, it shouldn't okay. Be a, then shouldn't we'll just be let your it only hobby. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh. It's got to be other hobbies. I get like it. I get politics it. or movies or something. Something, something. Or adopting dogs. Or adopting dogs. Oh, God. Oh, don't get me started on that. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. How many dogs do you have? Four. Oh. Yes. I All of them three. are rescues. Yeah, and, and hers are beautiful. Hers, mine, mine look like oh, bad yes. genetic accident. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love especially Bronx. <laughs> Bronx is, yes, Bronx is my newest and... Uh, dare I say my more my one of my most interesting ones? So, um, see yeah, when you say that, adorable. I just picture a little ugly dog with like just a little bit of fur and an underbite, and now you're gonna. Have oh, to you mean the genetic it. accident part? Yeah. No, so the genetic accident part is. So I have. So Reese, the oldest, who's a my Hurricane Katrina rescue, he's like a white shepherd mix. Oh. Um, and Bronx, which is some sort of terrier mix of some sort, they don't look crazy. My middle two, Riker and Bella, they look like big dogs whose legs are chopped off. Oh. So Bella, 
Bella's a pit bull <laughs> basset mix. Oh, and her see, head. That's adorable. Yeah, so she's got a so she's got a gigantic head. Um, so she's got those little so legs he, like a corgi or a bassets have little legs. That's like adorable. A, well, yeah. So yeah, the bass, you know, the weird looking basset legs, but her and her mm. body is long, but she's got a giant block head. So it, it's one of those things where people will see her and go like, huh, <laughs> she looks weird. I mean, like the head is too big for the body kind of idea, but if she That's had called a low rider, normal, a low rider. Yes, I love but a normal size. If she had normal sized legs, people would be afraid of her. Although she's the biggest chicken in the world. No. Um, and Riker is a pit dachshund mix. Oh my gosh! Um, I yeah. didn't see and so, that. <laughs> that. He's also built low to the ground, but he he's got a lot of junk in the truck. Happen low to the ground with that? Yes, I know. Somebody somebody felt really good about themselves. That's what I'm thinking. So, um, but yeah. Who so encouraged are, a romance between a pit and a dachshund? Like, that should be like, no, guys, go away from each other. No. Yeah, and I don't know who that might have been. <laughs> I don't know who that might have been. Um, because... <laughs> She's a rescue. They, uh, yeah, well, so yeah, they're all from the South, too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a running joke, is they all bark, they all, um... They all bark uh, with an accent. Oh, so, hey, woof y'all. Woof y'all. Woof y'all. All right. You know what, you guys? We are halfway through the first half, and we have not hit our topic at all. But we're having fun. Well, that's that's okay. But you guys that's learned, okay. you taught me yeah. things this week because you told me to look into stuff, and I learned stuff. So I'm excited to that's talk good about stuff. those things. It is. I didn't know what Emily's plan was. I didn't know. I didn't know Emily's plan. I didn't know. Emily's list. Emily's list. Okay. (laughs) Um, I didn't know about Camilla Harris. I learned more about Rachel Cooks. It's good stuff. Oh, it it is good stuff. Yeah. And I hope as you learn, our listeners learn. Yeah. Why not? Because it's good to die. I don't know nothing about nothing. That's good. Yeah, Kamala. More credit. And Kamala Harris is out and loud and proud all the time. I mean, she's out out there talking about pretty much every. I think right now she's one of the loudest voices. um, Out there, which saddens me because they should all be loud voices. It shouldn't just be a select few. But um, and I know that there's people that you know have that rumbling for the p word for her not the bad word the good no, word no. <laughs> um which i think it's a little early for that it only is. because i you know but i i think she's great i think she's done a lot as far as her strength and that type of thing and i think that she scares a lot of people on the right well because good. of her outspokenness I, I, i'm not sure if it's too early or not um, and I, I do generally side with what you're saying, Heidi. I, I will be honest with you about that. However, they said that about the last president that we had. I know, I know. So, and I, I, and, and I, back in that day, there were a lot of people of color who were like, "No, it's too soon." Right. And so I'm wondering if maybe my personal feeling is because she is a woman and a woman of color. 
that I, as a woman, who just saw what happened in the last election to a woman, am feeling yeah. a little, um, you know, shocked, shell-shocked. I, I, I think that that's probably part of where my hesitation comes from. So I'm kind of doing that thing that I do when I go, if, if I have a friend that drags me to the Humane Society to look at kitties and puppies, no. that it's like, oh, I'm so in love with you, but I must say goodbye because I'll be a, a, an animal hoarder and I don't want to be on hoarders. You don't want to be um, a politician hoarder? <laughs> They're all not going to come and live with you. <laughs> well, I think... I love that. Well, no, my, my what I'm saying is, is that I don't want to fall in love. That's right. And yeah. get your little heart be, broken. Right. I get my little heart broken because I have to say goodbye. Yeah. Or right. that, no, I can't even go you know, into the APL without crying. So when I look well, at Camilla yeah. Harris, I think I'd like you to be my president, but I, I know that you'll break my heart, maybe. I don't know. I'm not ready and it's not her that. fault. And it's not her fault. It's not it's you. Not, it's me. It's not a negative on her and her capability for me. It's 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 the fact that people are assholes and look yeah. at the wrong shit. And and it, to the point where my teeth. I'm surprised my teeth haven't been filed down to the nubs, considering how much I um, grit them on a daily basis. But I do want to, uh, I want to see this is regarding, you know, Kamala as as possibly Kamala. running for president. Kamala. Um, is it Kamala or Kamala? I, oh, Kamala, I don't Kamala know. is what I heard. I've heard. I Kamala know. is what I've heard. Yeah. Anyway, Ms. Harris. Ms. Harris. Um, I would like to get through the midterms. Kamala. Yeah. Kamala. I, I, really, yeah. I feel really, I mean, I always feel this way. Let's get through the midterms. Let's first try to get the Congress right. back or change the shape of Congress. Um, let's get through the midterms to see what we can do with the governors, because I believe deeply that all politics is local. Uh -huh. And I also think that we allow the media to drive us to speculate who is going to run for president? Yeah. Right, and, I, this and I'm trying not out. to get in. Right, and I'm trying not to get into that argument. And the other issue for me is the usual argument that crops up that also makes me grit my teeth is the HV H versus B argument, which makes me want to throw an entire freaking brick wall at the television and my in my phone because it's like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. I don't mm. need, you know, we need to move on and, and let that shit go. And if I may say, too, and, and some people might not, not like this comment, and that's fine. Come at me, bro. Um, or, yeah, sis. Um, my issue is, right now, is that too, I think too many people are running as the anti-Trump, which is fine we need people that are completely anti him but you need to run on an actual platform that helps people yeah people when I mean, that doesn't that it, you know if your your city is oakland your city is south bend indiana your city is floyd's knobs kentucky it doesn't matter where you are you still need to at the end of the day if you're running as a democrat and you're serious, and you hate Trump, which is fine, you have to run on something. 
that after you win, if that happens, that you do something for the people instead of just walking around saying Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump sucks. Oh, definitely. Are you talking, about, that? Are you talking about offices on a federal level or are you talking Everybody. about... Everybody. I'm talking Everybody's about... Everybody's got to offer something to the voters. Everybody right. does have to offer Be- something to the because voters. Because I think, I think part of the issue with the 2006 election when we won a bunch of seats back was that we had too many people... And, and understand that I liked a lot of those people, but a lot of them ran, looked, and this was during the time of a lot of sex scandals on the Republican side, and there was, you know, the George Bush Iraq issue. So people ran against that. I'm, I'm running XYZ, and they won, and they got there, and nothing really moved. And I'm not saying all of them, by any stretch of the imagination, but some of them did. And that is my concern is that you're running as the anti-Trump. That's only going to get you so far. At the end of the day, you need to be able to say, hey, your issue is that you don't have good paying jobs in this town. We need to do something about that. Yeah. What well, you know, I you do, know, you don't I have these people can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> I, I I hope all of them can. I, I have that gotta say i do i'm gonna be the sis i'm not gonna come at you but i think that they can walk and chew gum at the same time um especially when it comes down to local issues like we've got a pretty big local mayoral primary in a couple of days sure and it's not it's not about trump because it's local yeah it's i mean it's my city you know right 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 but i think that people who are running for congressional seats, um, and even to a certain extent, state legislatures or attorney generals of states, particularly like right. Zephyr Teachout in New York, who I just saw, she is making it really clear that as attorney general, she's going to make sure that his this administration, and she does use the word Trump, this administration's policies regarding um, let's say pardons or interfering with you know investigations, she's going to you know, propose changes as attorney general. Mm-hmm. You're walking and chewing gum at the same time because there is a very, very deep anti-Trump sentiment out there. I don't think it's wrong to use it as long as you have something else to back it up. The politicians that are just anti-Trump, yeah, that's, if they get elected, they're going to be held accountable at, or they're going to be voted out real quick. Right. And that's my concern is that portion of it is that what ends up happening and, and we've had some of those people here, not Trump related, but Bush related, anti-Bush, anti-Bush. People are like, great. Yay. I hate Bush. Let's vote for this guy. Yeah. They get in office and they do nothing and they do nothing to a point where it's like, who the fuck elected this? Oh, that's right. I voted for this idiot myself. What the <laughs> hell was I thinking? Okay, I, I want to ask you a really specific question. Are you thinking of any particular precinct in your state or city? or, And, and the reason why no. I'm asking that, if, if it was somebody who replaced a Bush Republican with a Democrat and they didn't do the job, was that originally, would could it originally have been just a pretty conservative-leaning district and did they go back to their own tribe? Um, no. I mean, if, if we're... As far as senators are concerned, makes sense. As far as well, so my my district, the district that I live in is Keith Ellison's district. 
a Republican is very likely not going to win this district for decades unless something crazy happens. And I say that because of what, you know, where the district is, um, the people that live in the district, the um, activism like, in this district. So yeah, it's not my district. district. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So not my district related in that in that way at all. Um, so that that in and of itself is not what I'm talking about. Senator wise, um, I I will I will state that I like. I'm not really going to talk much about Tina Smith, the the woman who who um, replaced Franken. But I've had some issues myself with Klobuchar. I like her. I will vote for her, but I have issues with her. But as far as Franken, hold on, before Franken, you had Coleman. Right. Which is why Franken won. Well, remember his his winning was a was an issue because it took a while for the for the votes. But as far as Coleman was concerned, um, so I have a friend that's a that's a very prominent civil a civil rights attorney kind of thing um, locally deals with a lot of sex scandal kind of stuff. Um, and I knew prior um, before cause she and I kind of um, reconnected after his debacle. Coleman was not a nice guy. I knew that actually um, as on a personal level because of where I used to work. Um, just a complete douchebag. So that was not surprising that he lost um, even though it was that close, I was actually surprised it was that close. Um, he lost places that he should have won, technically, even though it was really close. Um, but I was not really talking about him. That was that's a very long time ago. I'm I'm really talking about um, like our um, our you know a couple of the mayor's races, some. Um, uh, Congress. The thing, the thing is, the thing. What I'm, I, I'm, maybe I'm not articulating myself well enough. When, when, you know, you brought up people running against Bush, and then we we took the House in 2006. Right. Okay, and then we lost the House. Right. Um, I don't know if that was specifically because they ran anti-Bush. I don't know. I think you might have some valid. I think that there is some validity okay. to that. I mean, because wait, 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 I'm not done. Hold on, hold okay. on. I'm not done. <laughs> okay. However, uh-huh. this is very different than the Bush years. I mean, right. this this is like the Bush years were. That was politics, and we can argue about whether or not it was war crimes with Bush. I think it was, but that you know, as as far as those races went, that was politics. Mm-hmm. This right. is not politics. This is very, very different. This is like something we've never seen. And so I'm not sure if, I I don't know. This is why I say walk and chew gum at the same time. Run against Trump and show us what you got. Right. Because people are are hungry. They're hungry for more than just anti-Trump. But they are also hungry for anti-Trump. So for for me, there's there's a couple of and, and at least I don't know there's <clears throat> there's a couple of, in my state. There's a you know when I watch national news, I see a lot of well, there'll be you know Democratic representatives on TV or or Congress people on TV, and I understand that 
they're on there to talk bad about Trump. And I get that. I am all aboard with that, uh, that train. All aboard. But then they will also have people on there who are running for office. Newbies. New people running for office. Which is great, but I think one of the issues that I have with some of them, and not all, is that they come on and they talk about Trump, 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 and they get a platform to talk about how terrible Trump is, Trump, 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 and I'm left with, and you stand for what? Take Trump out of the equation. Where are you in this issue, that issue? Why are you not speaking about this, which is huge in your in your district or your your region? All, for me, and it's a, it, and I'm. I guess the older I get, the more I notice this stuff. You know, if we had talked about this in say, two two thousand six, I would have said, "What are you talking about? This is stupid." No, <laughs> these people are wonderful, and everybody's so you know. But the more that this goes on, you know, Trump sucks, and or, or Bush sucks, and we need to do all this. The older I get, the more I'm like, "What the fuck are we doing? Why are You're we saying, not out there?" What do you stand for? Not just what you're against. Yeah. Right. And in the light of day, if you're elected, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing? to? Ha- and this is, I think, part of the issue with <laughs> losing rural voters and losing, yeah. you know, people in the, you know, that, that kind of thing is, I think, and I well, think that that's a problem. Let's flip the script for a minute, because I think what you said is really good. And we do uh, have a break in five minutes. OK, I'll make this real quick. <laughs> um, it's. What you say is really good. I I don't understand why people who are running in like local, when I say local, I know that it's going to be a Congress seat, but it's really that district, that constituency that cares about who's running. So I don't know why they're going on national shows. If you're running for something, typically, and I'm going to let you know why. And at least for the, some of them, I don't want to. I don't want to give a blanket statement, but for some that I've seen, it's because they are part of the uh, the, the female wave of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have an, a local issue that's big, that is a national issue. Okay. Um, so those are the reasons they're on national TV, in some cases. But to and mostly the they, yeah, most of them tend to be at least the ones I've seen. Um, either female or a person of color or um, part of the um, G- uh, GLBTQ community. Yeah. Right. So that that makes sense because those are those are groups that are looking for federal money from, say, Emily's List. Yeah. Or you right. know any any kind of you know pack that's out there. But on the other side, there are people going on conservative TV and radio doing the same thing and so we we have to kind of i don't want them to drive the narrative but to a certain extent i get why it's happening yeah here's here's what i'll say about uh, yes here's what i'll say about the and and you've heard this before both of you i'm sure the difference between republicans and democrats democrats fall in love republicans fall in line so we put up a candidate that all of us think pretty much sucks, <laughs> we may, and I don't mean just the three of us, but we may vote for them. We may not. We may vote for a Green Party person. We may not. Republicans, that's their candidate yeah. for president. They're in line voting. They will hold their nose and vote. They don't care. They will vote. 
vote, 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 vote. And that's what happened in the last election. Democrats did not want to fall in love or fall in line. Republicans fell in line. Yeah, I feel like the worst of our Dems are still a hundred times better. Oh, I agree. I agree. But the three of us are politically aware. If you go to a grocery store, stand in the front of the grocery store and ask a hundred people ten questions about Democrats and Republicans to gauge where they are, mm-hmm. you will be amazed at number one what they don't know what oh, they yeah. think they know it will be mind-boggling which and, and that's point, on t- which goes to the point of walking and chewing gum at the same time if they're going to go on national television anybody from our side okay i'm going to pick danica danica from here no, i like her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. awesome she went on TV and she did talk about local things. She also talked about national things. And yep. she went on national television. Nobody cares outside of Manassas about the traffic in Manassas, Virginia. No, no. no why would they? She why the hell would I care? But, <laughs> so that, that's kind of the point that I'm getting at. But people care about the issues, the bigger issues of the right. day. They care about LGBTQ things. They care about this. And so she went on. She got national attention, which brought more attention to her local mm-hmm. constituency. So it's kind of, it's a both sides thing. That's how, that's right. where I'm sitting with it. And, I, and I, I get that to a point, but if your local issue is, let's blame everything on immigrants, and the other side is saying, I hate Trump, I hate Trump, instead of talking to those people that say, I hate immigrants, and having a an honest discussion where you are saying how you know this if you are saying that they are impacting jobs then why are we not working on getting you a better job without stooping to the level of let's be xenophobic assholes yeah do you see and what i'm do you see, you see what that, i'm that's saying that's the thing that's why i wanted to when i um when we come back in a couple minutes i wanted to play some by the way this is a great discussion by the way I'm, it is I'm it is a good discussion, discussion. But since you guys mentioned Camilla Harris, I got some of her information on immigration. And the other night on Turn Up the Night, when Rain, you were talking about what she said about immigration, I had no idea till you were talking about it that the Republican Party was separating families. And that's come a long way from the Bush era when they were the family values. So now, now the Republicans just rip families apart. So I want to talk about that. When we come back. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. You're listening to Resistor Sisters. Why do people keep saying glass ceiling like it's a bad thing? Clouds, stars. And what if a cat got up there and sat on it? (laughs) We'll be right back with Resistor Sisters. Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are... 
from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is Adam Hebert. On every episode of My Check Radio, me and my co-hosts are not only committed to telling you about the latest political news, but also about the latest nerd news as well. Whether it's the latest scientific discovery, the new season of anime, the ending of a cherished manga, or the latest in comics, television, or movies, my show is guaranteed to bring you something that will make your inner nerd go twee! So be sure to tune in to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank, every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media right here on Indie Media Weekly. Like out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. <laughs> this is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. Hello, here we are, destroying the patriarchy. Susan from Cleveland. Also, completely annihilating rape culture. Because, gross. Okay? Um, so, <laughs> Heidi in Minneapolis, how you doing? Oh, fabulous. Now, that just made me exhausted having you tell say that. Oh, God. <laughs> Annihilating rape culture. Yeah, you want to go back to talking about tea and, and <laughs> seltzer? Also, we've got Heidi. Uh, we've got Rain in the Swamp. My sweet Lorraine. Yes, I'm sweet Lorraine trying to whip everybody into the shape. <laughs> what happens off air stays off air. <laughs> so yes, I am in the swamp. I am in the swamp, and evidently Melania Trump might make an appearance today. Oh, oh, her her bruises healed. I'm sorry, that was mean. Oh, 
So anyway, Rain, I'm we, sorry. We were, that's okay. Rain, you were telling me about Emily's list, and uh, I researched that a little bit. And I'm going to play, um, it, it stands for Early Money is Like Yeast. And I did not know that. I'm going to play that real quick. You're ready to do something. And at Emily's List, we think you're ready to run. We make it easy to learn how to run for office or support another woman who is. Learn more about how we can help you run and win. So that's part of the pink tsunami coming in Emily's they have list. been around for a while yeah and i'm really happy that more and more people are just finally realizing oh this is a group that trains and helps and raises money to and for women to run for office yeah and I, is it just women or is it just people that are pro pro-choice it it's pretty much women yeah, because there, there are, I, I do have another two-minute clip, but there, about there might more be a man here and there. But this is a really, <laughs> really, it's a very pro-woman organization. I just think that that's one of the issues that comes up, pro-choice, and you know, it made me realize this isn't going to happen unless we have women in these positions. Because you know, we mm-hmm. can sit there and say, and yeah, there are a lot of men that are pro-choice, but there are a lot of men that aren't you know so you know, their mission i just went to their mission page because yeah. i wanted to make sure i didn't give misrepresentation the first thing it says our mission it's one sentence we elect pro-choice democratic women to office yeah okay that's pretty clear and to the point nice. that's pretty clear i've nice. got a two-minute clip on emily's plan and it's talking about states and um you know basically it's it's talking about what's happened recently and uh what they want to do as far as states, but it's two minutes long. Do you want to hear that? I'm fine. Should I show sure. it? Should I say, okay, here. Republicans, you know them. Those guys who want to destroy public education, the environment, civil rights, and pretty much everything that's important to everyday people. Well, they've done a really good job at kicking us in the grassroots. How? First, they won a lot of races at the state and local level. They controlled 33 governorships and entire legislatures in 32 states. And they set themselves up to stay there by packing minority voters into districts where their votes have less impact so they could keep winning and passing all kinds of bad policies, which they did over and over again. It's just not right. But all is not lost because women have gotten back to our grassroots. We've marched, we've called, we've voted, and now we're running. And Emily's List is here to help. Recruiting, training, and helping women win. From Portland all the way to Portland, and Detroit, and El Paso, and Miami, and pretty much everywhere else. We started in Virginia, where our candidates flipped 11 of 15 seats in the State House. Now we're targeting 13 states where redistricting is on the agenda. Because we can't let these Republicans stay put for the next 10 years. And we're targeting 13 more states to grow the candidate pipeline and make Democratic gains all over the country. How? By training pro-choice Democratic women to run for office but more importantly, to win. So far, 
over 2,400 just in 2017. Because winning elections is the only way that we can stop unconstitutional gerrymandering. So we can draw fairer lines and make better laws. Because politics doesn't start with the president or Congress or even the courts. It starts with you. Boom. That got me a little emotional. You guys have to cover for me. Okay. It's beautiful. It and that's the end. One of the things I was going to say about what what Emily that what that clip just said is I'm going to use a uh, a new slogan, "Be woke." Yeah, and I love that slogan. By the way, it's a great slogan. But this is why we need to stay woke um, is because of exactly what that clip just talked about. And what that clip talked about was gerrymandering. Exactly. And strategy. And yeah. how this gerrymandering and strategy has been used against us and used against the common man, the common woman. But right. that's why nobody exactly. likes their politicians. That's why people are <laughs> overwhelmed and they and don't care and they get scared because we've had And this that's why we all need to vote. Yeah. Right. That's why we need to all vote at every level. Because that's how this happened. Gerrymandering didn't just happen yesterday or no. last election. They it's know been what going they're on doing. Since the 80s. Yes. Yes. So, is, and and it's horrifying. It one is. of the things that Emily's one of the things that Emily Emily's list did here in Virginia this last election was made it really clear that we need to flip the state house. And we almost did, and mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. The reason why we need to flip the state house and these were women running on this was because of the census the 2020 census mm -hmm. and that goes directly to gerrymandering emily's list is yeah. really amazing because um like i said they train women and and you know they they're they're not interested in like getting women involved and being a part of things their focus is um we want women leaders Right. And they did say and that, but they did say you could support someone too. Of like course. I mean, they're that, not. Yeah. 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 That. I mean, that to me goes kind of without saying, but, but the gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. The only way to change that is to make sure that we elect more Democrats in the midterms and more women, because we are not represented. No. No. We are a majority of this country. I think mm -hmm. that we're last time I checked, which hasn't been in, you know, like last year or two, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, we were 51 or 52 percent of the population. Yes, it's about, 50, it's about 52. And 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 that includes white women, black women, um, brown. That includes everybody. That includes LGBTQ. We women are the majority people who right. identify as as female. And um, that gerrymandering thing is a big, big issue. Yes, because it is. It's a very big if, issue. If you think about it, I, 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 I think, think it's, it's why. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think that's why we people really have hated their politicians oh, for so long. It. The male's here. Yes. <laughs> Those dogs are ready to vote. Get them. Get them. <laughs> 
They're like the mail. Can you imagine if dogs had podcasts? They'd be like the mailman. He's awful. He's awful. I'm telling you. And then the other dogs would be like, "Yeah, right. I know." So cute. I kind of look at it like, "Oh, thank you for saving me from a possible serial killer." I know. For the fifth time this week. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm a cat owner, so every time, like, Amazon delivers a package, the cats are like, oh, my God, go in the basement. I'm like, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for defending me. They're like, um, you're on your own. I'm like, oh, I'm all going to die. Yeah. Yeah, cat, cats are kind of smarter that way. <laughs> they really are. They're like, you know what? Your fault for not care. knowing better. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. See ya. That was cool. Although I did used to have a cat, his name was Elvis, who would have probably attacked somebody who was uh, attempting to, you know, break break in or something, and only because he liked he really liked car rides. So if you walked in the door and he loved sitting on your shoulders, so he walked the door of my house, he would launch himself at your face. He didn't mean to launch himself at your face. He's a little nearsighted. He really (laughs) wanted to sit on your shoulders. So any Anybody trying to break in would get a big giant cat in their face, freak out, and run away. So really, you it know, sounds like he's reincarnated in the wrong body. Oh, like he should have been a dog. <laughs> so Rain, so I can look at statistics for you. I looked up how many people. So there, in there are one hundred and sixty point eighty four million men in the United States, and one hundred and sixty seven point four million women in the united states yeah we rule so seven million more you know girls rule boys drool this is why why changing the idea of the and i always go back to this this is a really big thing for me this is why changing the idea of the patriarchy is so important and it's why so many people are fighting it it's why in pennsylvania even though those guys men fought it so hard i don't Mm -hmm. even think they realized that subconsciously it's them losing power yeah well it's true like i sent my you know my one of my my half brother and he hasn't talked to me in a while we've just been texting like millennials and um (laughs) he's like so how have you been i'm like well listen to my podcast and find out and he's like Oh, is is that a feminist podcast? And you could tell he's scared. And I'm like, oh, dude, come on. And he's like, is that about dominance or equality? I'm like, it's about equality. <laughs> like, no, we want to oh, kill all God. of you. Murder, murder, murder. You know, like, That's come on. That's really interesting, though. <laughs> See, yeah. there are people out there who really do view it as dominance. As yeah, that's, that's why we have to talk is. about the F word feminism you know the f word has only become it, it, it was really scary 10 years ago just horrifying you know like people were afraid of it and now it's more fashionable like people are like oh it's okay i'm a feminist i'm like well thank god now you can say it you know so yeah that's well, it's, inter- it, it's interesting that he's all afraid of it it's like dude yeah i know who could who could argue against the white male patriarchy for what hundreds of thousands of years uh so what are you afraid of are you saying that you being in power is 
something to fear if someone else is in power because you yeah, that's probably in a collective were not the greatest stewards of uh, equality. No, I no, I not really They're think not. that um, growing up, going back to the cheerleading thing, saying mm-hmm. that cheerleaders should have the same rights as every other sport. Yeah. Oh my God, your picture! Holy um, crap! <laughs> Are you on Facebook looking at her pictures? <laughs> I'll share it. I will share it on our Resistor Sisters Facebook page. Wow, um, I love it. But I think I think that I've underestimated. I'll this share pictures of myself looking angry at fifteen and wearing all black. <laughs> I'll show pictures I, of myself sitting being made to go to the pep assembly, sitting in the front with my arms crossed and having the cheerleader you go were like the original emo chick, huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, God I damn was, it. Gosh darn it. If they weren't attacking your house all the time, those dogs wouldn't have to defend it. Oh. I'm surprised you haven't heard my dog yet say, no, no, you are not allowed to walk down the street by my house. How dare you? How dare you? That'll happen soon. Yeah. Yes. I really, I really do believe that I have mis- misunderstood or didn't understand how threatened certain parts of the male population are oh they are yeah about women wanting to be treated as equals like they are so it's so ingrained to them like years and years ago i remember when i was single (laughs) um i joined match.com and when Mm -hmm. i say years and years ago it's been a long time and i said um, I don't, I don't need a door o- held open for me, but I don't mind it. Yeah. In other words, you don't have to go out of your way. And I remember back that, you know, they had the little chats and uh, some dude came in and he's like, what do you mean? Mm. What, what, what's your problem? And it was like, okay, wait a second. I, mm-hmm. I thought the way I posted it was really nice. And then yeah. I remember specifically at that time, I feel like maybe i should have been braver and been like don't even open open the fucking door for me yeah just don't i don't need it i mean i you know but i miss i i didn't understand you're giving them permission not to pay for everything not to do everything not to like do everything for you and you're saying and eventually and by the way you can't demand sex anytime you want dude and they're just like, Basically, what? That's what? what the world is mine. What? So it, it's it's we are. I thought we'd gotten past it, but we are really in the midst of a very big cultural mind shift. We are. And we are. Um, I know all three of us are really, really fortunate. And we're all really smart that we have and chose men who get this. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, if if I could talk for a while on when I, the day I dated a Republican, <laughs> the See, one time. There's another show episode. Yeah, that's another show episode. It really is. Remember that one Republican I dated? So. Yeah, I remember mine. It was painful. And it, it just, <laughs> it ended way too soon. It was like, okay, you believe this and this? We can't see each other anymore. <laughs> that we're done here. And he was like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, 
I'm not calling you back. <laughs> so I didn't even bother ghosting, you know, when you just ghost away and you never call them. <laughs> no, I was just oh. like, no, I'm not calling you back. This isn't happening anymore. So my Republican boyfriend gave me a Dinesh D'Souza book. <laughs> wow. Oh, Did my God. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Did you use it for firewood? I, oh, I kept it. Oh, no, I kept that. This was in 2002. Anyway, see, we could talk about this, too. Yeah. Another show. That could be a fun tagline. So I dated a Republican once. <laughs> uh, so did I. And okay, oh, my God, time. that did not go well. When that we did are, not go well. Here's the thing. I got an idea. Okay. When this show is of legal drinking age... <laughs> we need to do a show called My Republican Boyfriends. <laughs> oh, God. There we go. Names must be kept out of this so we don't get sued. We can, we can encourage people to write in and tell us their story. We won't read their names on air or something. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh, oh, back to show prep on air. Oh, oh my fun. God. All right. Oh, man. But what Emily's List is doing is amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's a really great organization. It's it's awesome, and, and it's strategic. I, you know what? I, that's what like got me excited and overwhelmed. It's like, let's think strategically about the world and the jobs we want to do. Let's because they've been st thinking strategically with this gerrymandering mm -hmm. bullshit for yes. years. Yes, and it, and speaking of strategery, <laughs> Bush, um, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Who is I now have a couple the clips Democratic, of her. I have a couple. You know, of she her. is now running for governor. Yeah. She's black woman. Yeah. And, and she um, used to write romance books, which is fascinating. <laughs> I did not know that. All right, I gotta wow. play this. Okay, here we go. You've written a series of romance novels. That's interesting. You don't often say that about a gubernatorial um, candidate. At what point did you think, yes, I can be Georgia's? first black female governor. I thought about running for governor when I joined the legislature because I know that the governor has the ability to affect the lives of millions of Georgians, to advance issues of health care and access to education, to protect women's rights, and to make certain that civil rights are available to all. That's an incredibly powerful job, and I've had the privilege as the House Democratic leader to be a part of making history for the last 11 years, and I look forward to making even more history for real Georgians so they have access to all of the things they need under the next uh, administration. You didn't mention their gun control or fighting gun violence um, or immigration, and I think that those were some of the issues that animated the Republican side of the race. So where are you on those? I am proud to have only ever gotten D's and F's from the NRA, the only bad grades my parents have ever been proud of. <laughs> and I'm very proud of the fact that I believe every resident in the state of Georgia deserves our protection. I am deeply ashamed of the xenophobic and racist rhetoric that's coming out of the other side. And I want everyone to understand that Georgia is a welcoming place. We can't seek to be the number one place to do business when people are terrified of being within our borders. And I know that as the next governor, I will make certain everyone knows that they're welcome in our Georgia. But do you think that that's where the voters of Georgia are? I mean, look, these are issues that obviously... So, yeah, I was, I was excited about that because... I've known some and, people and from she, Georgia that were absolutely horrible. 
So she was in, she was endorsed by Emily's list. Okay, great. And I have a very strong feeling that. So what we saw there were they. That was her platform, her campaign, mm-hmm. but they were also talking points. Yeah, yeah so she was talking that, about was lots Alex, of exciting things. Was that Alex specifically? I don't know. I don't know if that it's doesn't horrible. matter. It was, but um, I'm, I'm you know, sorry. She asked specifically about the guns in the Georgia and the guns in the Georgia, and mm-hmm. she that was politically brilliant. She just went right over the top of it. And what I love about this woman is um, she's not trying to get Trump voters. Yeah, she won the nomination. By going after people who generally don't vote. Yeah, which is great. Yes. She's got a good chance. She's got a really good chance. And um, you guys know I've lived in, I lived in Georgia for three, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's on the verge of being a blue state. I mean, a purple state. I'm sorry, a purple state. Yeah. Georgia was one of the first states where, you know, they were affected by uh, the, the the crappy voting machines. Oh, yeah. When things really started to go south for the south, uh, Diebold. The Diebold. Diebold. Diebold, yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. So, and that was before we knew that these, these machines were flipping votes. And then it was gerrymandered. Georgia is, it's, it's a very interesting place, but I, I think, you know, being that she came from the Georgia State Legislature, she does know how it works. She does know how it works, and she's got a really good chance, and I'm really, really super psyched about it, because she's not, she's running for her state. She's not running to be the most progressive yeah. or regress. She's running for her state, and that's really important. Yeah. And like, you know, she said, health care. Um, you know, she just wants to help the people, you know, and change how people think of the state, which is, which is great, you know? Yeah, and health care is a really good point. Again, elections, local elections, state elections matter, because y'all, look, I just took a little bit of my Georgia back up to Virginia. <laughs> um, did you, now, who did you say was the, you thought was the interviewer? It sounded like Alex Witt. Oh, what? It, it, I'm looking to see really, where I got it. It's not important. It's not important. Yeah. Well, that's um, the thing. I should I should say, oh, yes, by the way, this is taken from so this, uh, you know, Ken's like, you know, you should really tell where you get your clips from. <laughs> I didn't make them, obviously. I've never interviewed Stacey Abrams. But, I think uh, I got this one from Virginia, CNN. Because of elections, because of local elections, because mm-hmm. of Emily's List pushing so many women um we got medicaid expansion yeah here in virginia which is a really big deal mm-hmm. you know last year we had a, a super hyper republican majority in the in the state house and we had in the state senate um it's it's the lieutenant governor it's tied, except for the lieutenant governor, who happens to be a Democrat. Sure. So we got it. Republicans, there were like two or three Republicans that lived in purple districts who knew, yeah, I'm not going to get reelected unless I vote for Medicaid expansion. Mm-hmm. So 
this this is a result of elections matter. It's a result of I'm going to give a lot of credit to Emily's list, putting yeah. women in because women <clears throat> they know the deal. Well, that's the thing I wanted to, you were talking about on Turn Up the Night about Camilla Harris and about immigration, and I didn't know about this till you started talking about it. So I'm going to play the clip that she is talking about and families mm. separated real quick, because I think that's important too. It has separated 700 children from their parents at the border since October of 2017, including more than 100 children who are under the age of four. Uh, the agency has released a directive that allows for more detention of pregnant women to immigrant detention facilities. Uh, the agency has instituted a new information sharing system between the Office of Refugee Resettlement and ICE that is likely to have a chilling effect on sponsors who otherwise would be willing to come forward to provide care for unaccompanied minors. Uh, and instead of allowing those children to, to remain in detention. Uh, the agency has dramatically increased enforcement actions that have left an untold number of both immigrant and U.S. citizen children without one or both parents, leaving some of those children in the child welfare system. And then just last Wednesday, the Washington Post reported that you are considering undermining the Flores Agreement, an agreement that ensures standards of care for immigrant children, such as the provision of meals and recreation, and that they are placed in a least restrictive setting as possible. And, and she goes on, but this is just blowing my mind that they are ripping families apart and they're proud of it and no one yes. is just disgusted by this because that's disgusting a you lot know? of people are disgusted by it and i, I just think enough. it should be front page news you know like one i think a lot of people really... that aren't politically aware yeah. they don't know shit about this and it's like well what I, the heck I, they're ripping families apart i that's agree crazy what's even more crazy is that the majority I'm going to say the majority. And when I say the majority, I'm going to say most of, like in the 90s and mm -hmm. above. These are people who arrive at the border seeking asylum. These are not people like sneaking right. across the border. Yeah. Right. And so so with with that, so they what they're doing is seeking asylum. And, and in the first report that I saw that was on Chris Hayes, they were the um, attorney, the ACLU attorney was speaking of a specific woman from the Congo, and it yes. is American law. So, uh, yeah, follow along with what I'm saying. Sure, American law that you go to, and it doesn't have to be the border. It can go to your to the American embassy in whatever country. It could be whatever. However, you get to a place like that, you go there and you say, "Hi, my name is X Y Z. I am I am seeking asylum with the United States of America." Please help me, or some form of what I just said. And that's they where sit you down. Are supposed to take place, right? They sit you down. They go through all your stuff, and you have to prove where you came from. You have to prove that your life is in danger. Blah yeah. blah. And then I'm really being basic. Now, the difference is, is what they're doing now. Those families, and by families, I mean mom, dad, kid, or mom and kid, or mom and sure. several kids, or dad and several kids, or dad sure. and kid or dad and grandmother, whatever the, you know, they would stay together while the immigration issue or the refugee status goes through a process. Okay. So that process can take a while because you have to prove who you are. You have to prove where you were. You have to prove all kinds of stuff. So it's not easy. It's not 
They're not fucking pouring over the border. Anybody who believes that is a fucking idiot. That's not what war. That yeah. what happens. Yeah. To do, and I and I'm talking about this from uh, from experience. By the it's way, it's important I'm to not, point out illegal border crossing, and is not coming, coming here right. for amnesty. Is not this right? So this particular, and I'm sorry, I'm getting hot because when I saw this, I was so enraged. <laughs> yeah, I was so so enraged that every word coming out of my mouth was a curse word. I I tell you, I'm not even kidding. So if I mm-hmm. seem like I'm She's getting not. heated, She's I'm not. not getting heated at you. I'm getting heated at the situation. Just sure. I'm going to point fine. that out while I'm going through this. We okay. know that. I didn't okay. do any of so, this. Sister, let me tell you. That. I know. <laughs> right. But I, so I, because I feel myself starting to get, starting to get angry and I'm like, wait a minute, dial it back. It's not these guys that did it. So chill out. So just going to say that. So anyway, with this particular family that they talked about on Chris Hayes, mm-hmm. they separated her from her. I think he was six years old. Wow. She was in like Arizona or something. So imagine this for just a fucking second. You got somehow from the fucking Congo to Arizona. Okay? So just the fucking Heidi, don't you question that choice? Arizona? Well Arizona. That was I think the way it sounded, that was where she ended up. She probably and from talking to her, they have they knew mm-hmm. she had no idea where the fuck she was. So it wasn't like you and me going, "Hey, I'm gonna go on vacation tomorrow. Am I gonna go to North Dakota or am I gonna go to California?" Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so she had no idea what Arizona was, and in fact, her kid was sent to Chicago, and she said to the attorney, "I don't know what Chicago is. Is that a place?" Yeah, is that. She had no idea because she's from the goddamn fucking Congo. So she went to the, she did everything right. Everything that is American law, she did right. They took her kid away from her. She's not a fucking criminal. No, that's the problem. And and here's the, here's the other, I mean, there's so many issues with this. So they took her kid. Now understand this is a kid from the Congo. Yeah. This is a kid that's now been taken from his mother, doesn't know if she's alive. He doesn't, I guess they speak like once every couple of weeks. Fabulous. He's five or six years old. I'm sure he'll be fine. What the fuck is going on? But yeah, in this my is- head, I know exactly what's going on. Number one, the uh, people like that little fucking elf and the idiot in the White House is going to do this. He said he was going to do this. If you're yeah. there illegally, not there illegally. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to talk about immigration at some point without my my thing at hundred. But I keep going this, back to the cases, point: these are people seeking asylum. Now, when they right. say and seeking they're asylum. Their lives are right. in so much danger. Yeah, in their I, own I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, what are the number one reasons that people are seeking asylum? Why are their lives in danger? What's usually going on? Well, like, in the Congo, it's because of c- stuff like civil war. Civil war, yeah. It's okay. just like um, they might be the minority class in that com- country. Okay. Um, just for sake of sake of. Because, example. Because in the Congo, they don't they don't have the same civil rights laws that we have no, here right. in the United sure. States. 
yeah. Rwanda would be a good a good uh, yeah. another example of people who were treated differently um, because they're starving. It's starvation is a big yeah. issue. They can't. They have no food, so they go, you know, with the refugee status to go somewhere else. Um, In Honduras, it can be government. I'm sorry, what? In Honduras, there's tremendous organized crime. Mm -hmm. Right. And so these people in Honduras, you know, they come up through all the countries in South South America, through Mexico to get here. And even with them knowing what they're going to face, it's still better than going back to Honduras. Yeah, and I've heard right. that some people that are, you know, trying to get out of Mexico, it's because they're trying to escape organized crime, too. Which which, yes. which we should be talking about instead of just generally throwing it under immigration. Like, what are the real well, problems that right. are causing people to come here, and how can we deal with their governments instead of just building a wall, you know? This is stupid. I mean, you just nailed it. You yeah. just nailed it, Suze. You really nailed it. That's why I want to and talk about what people are going through to get here. You know? There's so. a reason why people have wanted to come to the United States. And it wasn't just because they wanted our welfare. Yeah. Or they wanted the, you know, the give They out. can't get welfare. They can't, yeah. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Well, and, you know, I, you know we've talked to people I was that were, I forget where she was from. This was a lady that, and she was like, I have this app and I'm learning English. And Ken and I were at a restaurant on Lorraine. And we're like, that's great. And I'm like, here's a class you can go to, to conversationally learn English better and she's like I was in this I forget where she said she was from but she's like there's just shooting all the time and my family all died and I'm like oh my god stop stop okay yeah so I get all emotional this is this is one of the biggest problems with our anti-immigration bigotry that we have going on in this country right now is that people don't want to look at the worldview and what's happening in other countries around the world yeah they look at it like oh it's Everything must be like Europe. Yeah, it's not. They don't look at South America. They don't look at, you know, Asia. They don't look at India. Well, it's it's not that. It's it's uh, uh, you know, what it, it is, is. There's a couple of, of it, there's I a couple know. of there's a couple of things that when you hear what Trump says, they're all MS MS13 gang members. They're all animals. So people mm-hmm. think, "Oh my god, they're at the border. They're going to come and kill us and sell drugs and kill our children yeah. and shoot up our, our number one MS-13 originated in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. not in Mexico. Number two, MS-13 gang members in the United States, I think, are like 15,000 people. Would you like to know what the largest gang is in the United States as said by the Anti-Defamation League? Would you like to hazard a guess? One no. guess. Go ahead. I don't know. White supremacist. Oh yeah. White supremacist yeah. groups. And you know what? There's wrong white supremacists. Yeah, that's disturbing. And and eight. What was it? Um, they said on Turn Up the Night, like eight people were running on the white supremacist ticket. Was that right, Drain? Yes. Guess. That's so disturbing because yes. it's like, okay, you you know you should be ashamed of this, and they're just like, they're out there. You know, well, this is this is the fruition of everything that's happened since um, yeah. Lee Atwater. This yeah. is where that party's been going. But yeah. um, I'm, you know, this to me the immigration issue. It, it's not even political. It's 
it's not what this country was meant to be about. We, are, I grew up, I grew up being told that we're a nation of immigrants. My yeah. grandparents were immigrants. Sure. I mean, you know, and they came over here because they wanted to get away with what they were seeing happening, happening over there. Mm -hmm. Whether they came as a, you know, seeking asylum or not. But then there's the Irish, the Italians. Sure. So there were always, always problems with new, new kind of, oh, you know, the Italians, the, you know, the Germans, all this. Yeah. People who were here already, have, we've always had a problem with newcomers into this country. And I'm not trying to diminish what we're seeing now. Yeah. But what we're seeing now is a our our government actively saying, if you want to come into this country, we're going to take your child away. That's and crazy. that shit, that shit is Nazi, Gestapo, yeah, yeah. Stasi. That can't really stand. bad fascism stand. kind of crap. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not a mother, but no mother should have to be like, no. I'm seeking asylum. And, oh, okay, you can have my child. There's something deeply, deeply morally. And that's that's the other word, morally wrong. Yeah. yeah. We and are that, a nation that's, that was that's built the on right morals. Right now. That's what the right is doing right now. And it's terrifying. And that's the danger of them. That's the danger yeah. of them. It's like, why, mean, why the heck would you want to be take apart families anyway? I don't get it. I don't know. What pisses me off about this is that Jeff Sessions actually said that he is doing this to deter exactly. people from coming okay. into the country. And this administration is still blurring the lines between people going over, you know, the, the, the Rio Grande into Texas or Arizona, as opposed to people coming here and mm -hmm. actually seeking asylum. And that's a big, big difference. That's something I'd like to see the media paying much more close attention yeah, to. Yeah, because I, ju I just can't believe... That there's somebody that's standing up and saying, yes, this is our policy. This is what we want to do. We want to separate families to deter people from coming into this country. That's what they're saying. But, you know, Jeff you Sessions should not have a future as a politician. No. I'm looking at his no, picture right now on Google. Yeah, The Germans used to. I'm going Godwin. And Godwin said we could. But the Germans used to take away. Yeah. Blonde haired, blue eyed German kids. Mm -hmm. from Jewish families and they told them we're going to place them with the proper Jewish family mm -hmm. and I'm not lying about that yeah I don't like to get that extreme I don't well that's but that's the I'm thing looking at you know ice and what they're doing they don't have to do what they're doing unless they're really going to use the good German defense Mm -hmm. That's happy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's an odd, odd time we're living in right now. We're in a dangerous time. We're, it really it's is. Dangerous. It's terrifying. It's dangerous. And I know by the time this, this goes on air, we'll all have learned about um, Congress or the senator from Oregon being yeah. denied entrance. Oh. To, to yeah. He was he was denied. He went to one of those facilities that are doing the very thing that we were just talking about, and instead of ICE letting him in, he, the police were called upon. Hmm. Okay. So, 
Yeah. So anyway, I do. I don't think. I don't think we have time for the Roseanne Barr um, pop quiz I had planned. I'm sorry. I did want to tell you that to the terrifyingness, in 2012, Roseanne Barr ran for president. She tried to win the Green Party nomination, but she lost to Jill Stein. She ran instead on what party ticket? Jill fucking Stein. She tried to win the Green Party, but she lost to Jill Stein. So, um, instead, what party ticket did she run under in 2012? I'll get. Should I give you? No, no. She uh, a peace and freedom. B libertarian. C working families or D U.S. marijuana. <laughs> I there's ones that I want, but I'm going to go with U.S. the working families. Working families. What do you, what do you say, Heidi? I don't know. She went. She went no under idea. the peace and freedom ticket. <laughs> oh well, ain't she so, precious? Ah, thank God that's all ah, done. she's so precious. <laughs> Well, so she tweeted, so everybody's been talking a lot about horrible things she's done, though. I don't know. It was like, Bust had the, had a quiz, a pop quiz about her, and this was back in, um, well, the February-March 2018 issue. So, they were excited about her new show, because they like to support women that aren't, you know, completely liberal. They like to support different kinds of women, but yeah. You know what? I think she's. I don't know. She's. How just, long until we end the show? Um, we have like four minutes to wrap everything up. <laughs> so I've got something. To... So Can I any get my last, parting shot? Get any parting shots? Throw them in. Throw them in. Roseanne Barr's a cunt. <laughs> I am not, not a big fan. Of what, Roseanne Barr or Hunt? Yeah, I never have been a big fan of her, but I was going to live and let live until I found out how racist she was. Just so ugly, you know? And And that's one of those things. And if you get emails about it, I'll defend myself, but. Yeah, I, well, I think that racism is. Use that word. Racism is completely un American to me. It's like, this is ridiculous. You know, how can you say this person but not this person? It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, this is America. That's not what we're here for. You know, if you don't like it, we're here to do our jobs and work together and have a good time. So, America's like, foundation I, is racist. Hmm? I think that America's foundation is racist. I, you think? Oh, I believe that truly in my heart. However, I believe that we are working to correct our our original sin. Yeah. And when you have people like Roseanne Barr, that hurts us. Yeah. I mean, we we started out with slaves. We did, and that's that's well, what greed can do. So, greed can get you into yeah. that situation. It's ridiculous. It is. We started out with slaves, and I just think that I wish it would happen faster, but you know, with the civil, and there were things before the Civil Rights Act, you know, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. Lincoln. Um, we're, I think there's a lot of us who are trying to end our original sin. Yeah. And when she, 
a woman like Rose, and it's not just Roseanne, but she's got a platform, comes out and compares, you know, Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice as an mm-hmm. ape. Oh, that's it, just stop it. That's stop like because that. Yeah, I mean, when that happened, I was like, Ken was telling me about it. I'm like, you know what? I can't believe that she opened her ugly mouth and put all those other people out of work because that's exactly what happened like uh, that's not a show that I ever really watched much but every once in a while but good job like there's got to be a new word for I can't shut up on Twitter and I'm going to self-sabotage myself you know because that seems like a long sentence Hmm? you just went Roseanne yeah like a Republican Hashtag. (laughs) hashtag Roseanne Hashtag Twitter saboteur, you know, like Twitter self saboteur. That too seems too long. It's just, it's ridiculous. Shut up, <laughs> you know. So, but Heidi, do you have any uh, final things to say about the week and review? No, I think I'm good. Okay, because I think maybe we'll have some uh, fun stuff. So next time is the nineteenth. And uh, our 19th podcast. So this is the end of our 18th podcast. Drinking age. Drinking age. Well, in the old school, but definitely old enough to vote. Old enough to uh, get your ID and get your voter card, your voter card filled out. So I think everybody that listens to the show should make sure they're registered to vote if they're not already and try to register someone else. And All right. once they're registered, take somebody or two people drive people to the polls yeah yeah those are those are great organizations i can get more information how you can drive people to pull the polls in uh when the election time comes up so okay so we're gonna end things off and uh sounds good glad to enjoy june here hey june Resistor Sisters, destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time.